A warm welcome to SME Funding. My name is Lynette Mtuli and I'm the CEO of Innate Investment Solutions. And my co-host for SME Funding is Kumaran Padayachi, who is the CEO of Spartan, a business that funds small and medium enterprising. Kumaran and I will share our own experiences, but more importantly, we'll also share things that Kumaran has gone on to do, as well as winning tips on how to get it right. They can think of it as a new learning a new language, right? The mm -hmm. funders language, the funding language. We're going to be translating Greek into English and vice versa. And Absolutely. that way, once they learn the new language, then they're going to win. And what we certainly hope to do with this new language is to make sure that we've got more sustainable businesses who will represent the South African economy in so many different spheres, not just locally, but hopefully globally too. In our series, we'll also be um, having several guests joining us, guests who have various experiences, but also expert tips to share with us, to share with you, and to make sure that you understand what they expect when they perhaps receive your funding and what other resources and tools are available for you as you delve into this world. So when we speak about eligibility for funding, we need to address the basics. Is your business registered or unregistered? Are you a sole proprietor? Are you part of a cooperative? Is this potentially a stock fill? Or are you a private company that is seeking funding? Kumaran, what do funders prefer? And what's, how should business owners be structuring themselves as well as presenting themselves at these forums? Lynette, it starts off with context first. Mm -hmm. So if a business is starting off and unregistered, but it aspires to and it's the intention to be something more substantial, then my advice is you might as well register and do all the formal things upfront because mm. that's the end game. Mm -hmm. But if it is a business that's only designed or intended to be informal, unregistered, and serve the immediate survivalist needs of the entrepreneur, then don't bother with the cost and the time and the expense of registering. So that's the should they register or not. Then in terms of the funders, uh, the bigger universe of funders is unfortunately available only for registered businesses. Right, mm -hmm. so that means a unregistered business, an informal business. Uh, this is a very small pool of funders that they can go to. But Kumar, in the South African context in particular, where you and I understand that a great part of our economy is also in the informal sector, does this mean that we exclude that sector from the process unless they have caught up in terms of formalizing their businesses, or should they be looking elsewhere? They should be looking elsewhere. Remember, some of these businesses are not going to evolve. Uh -huh. It's not appropriate for them, nor is it their intention, and that's fine. Uh, let's not force them to play to a process and a game that is not a fit for them. Mm. So these informal businesses, these unregistered businesses, generally the funding that they're getting is in their individual capacity. Mm. So they would be getting personal loans, micro loans. We're talking about a few thousand rand here, right? Yes, at yes. A at a time. And so there are a number of... Uh, avenues, uh, avenues and institutions mm. that will give you a personal loan or a micro loan. Some of them knowing full well you're going to use it for a micro business and they allow that. Mm -hmm. And it is for a few thousand rand and it's okay. And then it's very similar. You don't need all the formalities of a full-on business 
application, it's largely going on yourself and, you know, your, your person. Mm. So, Kumaran, the process of formalization, I'm looking back at when we started our business and how the process of formalization as it continues becomes one that is not only administratively intensive, but can also turn into a bit of an expensive one, particularly when you're starting out without any funding, but just a great idea that can turn into a business. What are the things that funders are specifically looking for in a formalized business so we can simplify just this immediate process of eligibility? Right. So aside from the things that we would readily expect, them mm. examining the business and examining the numbers, so it's all those formal documents that mm. the application requires, there's also an intangible thing that's going on. And there's perhaps no tick box for that, but it's equally, if not more important. Mm. Right, what are those things? This is what I call the four C's of the intangible mm -hmm. uh, assessment. So this is the credibility, the competence, so uh, the commitment, and the character. And this is largely, in, in fact entirely, on the jockey, on the entrepreneur. And it's all happening below the water. It's all, mm -hmm. it's all, it's all uh, intangible. All right? And so credibility is enhanced and builds to various things like how you write, how you communicate, the types of questions you ask. Do you have a business card? Now, one can say that's expensive, but there are economical ways to do that. Mm. Do you have a website? Um, does it have a cell phone number and a PO box, or does it have a cell phone, a landline, and a, and a you know, physical address? Mm. These are all little things that would add to the credibility side. It shows that someone that knows what they're doing, they're competent, and uh, we can take the application seriously. You know, so those are the basics before we get into anything else. You know, here I was thinking that being formal means being able to show 20 employees um, and being able to show a building. But it's really just about small details that give people a sense of where to find you, who you are, what you're capable of doing, and more importantly, what you and them can do together. Yeah. It's, it, it starts off with that. That's mm. the start that needs to be put in place is mm -hmm. what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Please do stay with us and we'll be right back. Welcome back to SME Funding today. Kumaran, the basics of eligibility. What is it that a business owner should consider and needs to include in their funding application? All right, Lenik. We spoke about the basics a bit earlier on. Now we're going to talk about the advanced level, you know, of, mm. of eligibility. Uh, you perhaps all encounter this on your roadshows and when you're doing things, what, what is it that you encounter that people get frustrated? They will say, I applied to this bank, I applied to this government institution, they didn't come back to me, they didn't tell me this, that, did you, do you find? We that? find quite a lot of that. Right. And often the institutions simply don't respond. Why do you think that is? Because a lot of the time documents are missing, requirements right. are missing. But there's something else, Lynette, in mm. my experience, is that yes, the documents may be missing, and mm. that's probably a large part of the reason. Also, they have sometimes no business applying to a particular funder. Ah. Let's take a funder that does only industrial funding, yes. right? And it only gets out of bed for 10 million rand and above applications to write the check because its process is long and all of that. Mm. Now you apply for 100,000 rand as a startup business. What do you think is going to happen? Well, the answer is definitely going to be Problem, silence. right? So the first thing, you know, the, the entrepreneur needs to understand what funding do I require, mm -hmm. go out into the universe in South Africa and find out the different types of funders that are available in that category. Yes. So let's say if there's a thousand odd funders, but the category of funding I'm needing falls into this category, exclude the others and concentrate on that hundred or that 10 mm -hmm. or that 20 and take the time to study their website. 
look at the criteria that they require, mm. right, and say, okay, that excludes another bunch, right? Mm. If some, for example, say, we'll only fund you if you're 10 years old, as an example, as a business, and doing a minimum profit of a million rand, then, and you don't meet those criteria, yeah. don't bother, leave that out. I'll come back to them two years from now. Mm. And then you would center on the criteria, funders whose requirements that you meet. Mm. So this mm. eligibility thing is almost like a dating marriage thing, right? It's like if you yes. had a salesman, I want a guy that's tall, dark, handsome, a million dollars cash in the bank. Mm -hmm. Now I know I don't have a million dollars cash in the bank. I'm a bit short. Okay, shit. I, I shouldn't be a... Maybe you're not be, the right You know guy. what I mean? I don't have a... <laughs> so it's a similar kind of a thing, mm. you know? Otherwise, you know, you're just going to be knocking on a lot of doors, buying a lot of drinks across the table and not going to be striking right. Mm. So understand what they criteria is and then you match that alleged so this this is a key thing that I can't you know so the one thing that enough. I also often find Kumaran is that um, when particularly young businesses look for funding there's almost a fear of picking up the phone um, and asking questions about how to fill in the application yes, itself sure so it's not so much about filling in the application and getting things wrong or right but there's so much free advice and so much support in our marketplace at the moment to help you make sure that you've got the right attachments, you've actually formatted your forecasts and your business plan in a way that responds to the actual requirements yeah. of the funder. So I certainly believe that there's a huge space for me, perhaps making people more aware of the type of pre-investment support that is also um, available to them in the market. Mm. Yeah. You know, uh, it's like when people apply for a job, if the requirement says, write a 300 word motivation letter and mm. no applications will be considered without that. Mm. Now you send your CV, you don't put that in. That's like a first screener, right? As an yes. employer, you say, okay, they didn't send the motivation letter that showed me they couldn't follow instructions or pay attention, out. Funders, in a weird way, if you don't meet the most elementary of requirements by taking time to read the application form or ask for the advice, like mm. you say, pick up the phone, you are kind of self-screening yourself out of the application process. Yes, yes. You know? and, so in, and in so doing, I think also what a lot of people also need to consider is always how do I make my funder's life easy? Because at the end of the day, they are trying to process a huge volume of yes. applications as well. So the only way you're going to survive into that very small pool that often gets approved is to make sure you've made the process and you've made yourself in the process somebody um, who is accelerating themselves through the process as a tour. Yeah, That's yeah. excellent. Yeah. You know, that, that word that comes to mind is empathy. Yes. But for anything in life, if you're trying to do a sale, you're trying to do a negotiation, you're trying to get a marriage partner, whatever, you put yourself in the other person's shoes, right? Mm. And that's what you're talking about. Mm. And then the compliant application goes through much... Help your funder meet their targets. And part of their huge targets is to make sure that as many small and medium-sized businesses are funded in the first instance. But you've got to give them what they need to help make that happen. Yes. So, Kumaran, as we then continue to talk about the detail that's required around the eligibility, um, one of the big questions that will often come up from small businesses in particular is, I've never done a cash flow statement. I've never drawn a abridged um, short profile of what it is that I actually specifically do. I've never had to highlight to someone how I've monetized an idea or commercialized an idea. Um, what would you recommend? Do you recommend to small businesses that they take the long-winded routes, which is something that we see all the time? You get the 25-page business plan, you get the reams of paper related to cash flow statements well into the future, or do you rather say to a small business owner, 
Give me the fundamentals and once you get to interview stage or a stage where we actually meet, then we can dig into the detail around the application itself. The fundamentals first. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the short answer. The long answer is, again, if there's anything that is required, they don't mm -hmm. understand, they need to Google or educate themselves. Mm -hmm. What does this entail? What is these uh, cash flow? How do you do one yourself? How do you do a business plan? Mm -hmm. And I would urge them to do those documents themselves, not to outsource them. Yeah. You know, business plans is contentious whether you should have one or not. It's cash flow, all these various requirements, but always do them yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, because when you're being interrogated or asked questions about it, and you, you need to BS'd be your to way answer. through it or someone else has done it, you're going to look, it's going to show, right? Listen, mm. I, this person hasn't done it. And then what happens to the credibility and the competence? You start looking incompetent, you start looking, you know, the credibility mm. is dropped. And so that's why I always do these things yourself. It's the substance of it rather than the form of it. You mm. do need the pretty looking covers and all of that. And well, the formats need to be right. But the ability to discuss the content is mm. where the confidence builds. And I think, you know, as you say, there's always a catch-22 in the long documents because we've seen it before, the plagiarism, the pieces from articles that come off Google. And it really seems a lot easier just to take something that somebody else has used before and try to integrate it into what it is that you're trying to achieve. Hmm. You know, Kamaran, around the issue of eligibility, most businesses are also urgently looking for funding. So the need comes up this week and I need the funding preferably in a month. What do you think? That's not urgent. That's well, a lifetime away. I needed the funding last month. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but okay. I've done the application this week. Right. Kumaran, how in making sure that all the requirements are set, how long would you typically give your funder time to actually process a specific funding application? When should you be following up? And at what point should you also be checking and rechecking that your application is also moving? Because it's one thing to make the first move, but it's also another to sensitively follow up and make sure that you were in fact the right person um, at the right point and looking for the right opportunity within the funder's business itself. Okay, so let's split that up. You talked about urgency and then you talked about the process. Mm. The urgency is that I see it often, you're quite right, that SMEs, entrepreneurs apply two days or one week after they need the money. Mm -hmm. So the thing is that you always got to be applying for it way in advance, which means you've got to be thinking about your business in advance. And funding is a perpetual, ongoing thing. Post office needs funding, ESCOM needs funding, trans we as a country need funding. Mm. No matter what your size, you always need funding. Mm. So it's a perpetual exercise and always be on the front foot of it rather than the back foot. So that's about that urgency mm. aspect, mm. right? Then in terms of the process, no funder likes a nagger. Someone that's pestering and then, then the quickest answer is a no. It's just, I told this person, let me get them off the back. Well, Seriously. Is it nagging or persistence? It's nagging if you don't have the insight when to follow up. Uh -huh. Right, so then it, leads, then it leads, me to, yeah, leads me to my point, which is, when you research, we talked about you research the funder properly. Okay, I'm going to apply to this one and not this one because there's a fit, there's a right fit. Mm -hmm. And do they say what their process and timelines are? Mm -hmm. If they don't, and they're unlikely to always, then you ask them, part of the asking. Listen, I'm giving this in. I don't want to nag you. Just let me know what is the process or what to expect so I know I'll follow up with you at the right touch points and we can tango together rather than me phoning you every day. So let the funder lead you in the dance and tell you, listen, it should be happening at this stage, it should be happening at that stage, and this is when we go through the various processes. Then you are intelligently following up rather mm -hmm. than nagging. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Well, Kamaran, let's take a break. 
And in just a moment, we'll come back with more details about perhaps the more advanced levels of funding and what you should consider as you engage with this process a little bit further. Stay with us. Welcome back. We're still talking about what it is that makes small businesses in particular eligible for funding. Kumaran, a little bit before the break, we spoke about you, the four C's, um, and you particularly made a point of funders will always back the jockey as opposed to the horse. Um, we touched a little bit on the business plan and how important that was, but more importantly, how important that you did it yourself. Now, when people have a good idea, they're often competent at perhaps the ideation of the business. They perhaps can contribute with different skills, but they're not everyone in the business. So perhaps they're not very good at finance, perhaps they're not very good at marketing, perhaps they're not very good at risk management. Now, if we look at the jockey, how many jockeys should you preferably have as part of the process of eligibility? And right. with that, how do you advise small business owners to make sure that around them they compose the type of teams that will make sure that when they are funding, they can use the funding properly and more importantly to the funder themselves, they look like they are actually able to implement the idea that they've put down on paper. Okay. So just a correction there. It's the business, it's the horse and the jockey. Both okay. are important. Uh, it, we get confused because in, uh, funders put a tick list and it ticks all the horse stuff for the mm -hmm. business stuff. And for the jockey, there is no real tick list. It's mm -hmm. all in the below the water and the subconscious mm -hmm. is what I'm saying. But it's the most important part, I believe. In terms of, uh, let's take some of the C elements and break that down. Perhaps. Okay. So credibility, it's about how you dress, perhaps, how you communicate, your language, your follow-ups. Uh, are, you, are you following up on time, punctuality? Uh, your business card, your website, those are all things around credibility, doing what you say. Mm. Um, commitment could be evidenced in surety, for example. If a funder asks for surety, mm. um, some personal surety, mm. uh, often it is a proxy for commitment. Yes. Right? It says to them, I believe in this venture uh, very well and so you can too, because if I'm putting my signature behind it, it means I'm very comfortable. So mm. that's a proxy for commitment, okay. right? Competence is showing subject knowledge about what it is the business is doing. So if mm. it's a logistics business or it's a media business, you, you as the founder, as the person signing the surety, better know that. Mm -hmm. Now, sure, as entrepreneurs, we can never know everything. We need mm. to complement ourselves with the team, right? Yes. That's what you're also talking about. So you'd need a financial person or an operations person or people like that because you can't know it all and you can't do it all. But the, the, the core content of what this business entails, mm -hmm. right? So if it's a media business, you as the owner, as the entrepreneur, the person signing surety, better know that content well. That you can't outsource because mm. now that, is, that would erode the competence issue because that should not be the hired person, you know, yes. the employee. That should be the entrepreneur. That's very important about the composition of the team. Mm. Did I answer you? You, you answered my question. And I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, once they start with that process, they often really battle with 
partnering correctly. Yes. And in partnering correctly, it then is very difficult to almost justify why you have specific requests around um, skills and specific resources in your forecasts within your funding application itself. So I think that is always something for me that I always say you need to think about early. And those perhaps are the things that, as far as possible, particularly where there's urgency around the actual funding request, that you can begin to show the funder that you've started to mitigate specific risks, like the risk of the inability to implement an idea, the risk of that you'll be too late to deliver on a project because you don't have enough people or you don't have enough um, resources around it. So I think it's really important that right at the beginning, even if a business seems very much to be just an idea or it's a startup in particular, um, that people begin to almost think and feel and act as though it's already an operating business that is, is in a specific cycle um, of its operations so that it's, it's more live, perhaps more real, and something that is tangible that the funder can look to. The word real stands out for mm. me. Um, funders want to see people that are self-aware. You know, again, it's a subconscious thing, you know, that goes to the character part. Mm -hmm. And you talked about risk earlier on. Mm -hmm. You know, you mentioned about that you have all these risks that you identify. Um, it's impossible to address every risk. Yes. The danger is that if you're interviewing an entrepreneur to give him a mm -hmm. loan and he's not even aware of half the risks that are obvious in his business. Now that's say, okay, this guy is waiting for a bus to hit him around the corner. That's a problem. Mm. Whereas if he's mindful to say, listen, I've identified these risks and I've so far addressed half of them. The other half, when I get more resources, I'll take care of and maybe in time I will phase, take mm. care of it. That's okay, you know. And so a lot real... of people really love saying nothing could go wrong. That shows me naivety, the right? Worst that shows response, me naivety, right? Yeah. To, to put into your it's application. false bravado. It's about the success of a business when no business is, so, is also so premised on so much failure. Mm. You know, I love what you keep referring to, um, Kumar, and as we discuss this topic that, um, you know, um, funders like to see and like to discuss and like to feel as though the person that they're backing within the business knows what they're doing. A lot of um, funding applications tend to go in before people go in and set up the actual meeting. Mm. So I'd really like at this point to emphasize that people could use the pre-investment support channels that are open to them. It's like walking into a bank and not knowing anybody, but you do need a loan. And all you've got in your hand is the bank form um, with the application, your certified ID book, and your business plan, and you just hand it in and you put it into a box. And nothing really beats, it seems, with funders than creating those interpersonal relationships, having somebody you can call by name, somebody you can actually copy onto the email itself, and somebody to follow up with, right, once you're application has gone into. And I think that's perhaps one of the biggest parts also of trying to um, achieve success in the application process is attach your work to an individual or a set of individuals in those institutions who can actually help you and walk sponsor. you through the person. You need sponsors. Mm. You need sponsors. Mm. So they are sponsored. They will do your bidding for you, right? Absolutely. You do need that. So Kumaran, we're about to wrap up the show. And um, it, with each show, we always ask that we close off with a great tip and something that will assist um, our viewers do something smartly when it comes to the subject of funding. What's so on your cards I today? I would uh, encourage, we said it before about these C's, uh -huh. and I would encourage SMEs that are applying for funding to be very mindful and continually mindful of these. Credibility, mm -hmm. uh, uh, competence, their commitment, 
and their character. Now, you can't fake those things. You can't say, oh, what are the three things I can do to show I'm credible? It's all in the subtleties and in the nuances and in the little details it comes, it comes through. And I gave examples of those early on. So they need to be constantly mindful of developing that, that mm. the product that they're selling is not just their business and their business plan, but themselves. Mm. And, and that cannot be developed unless you are mindful of it, you know? Mm. So mm. if character had to look like a bit of a tummy, then say, okay, how can I be purposeful about a diet? <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying yeah. and, and build that up. Mm. So today, largely been about the intangibles in making sure that you are eligible for funding. That's it for today. Um, and that's what we had for you in terms of designing a funding application that goes on to win. You're more than welcome to send us your comments as well as the questions you may have about funding to smefunding at bdtv.co.za or you can follow us on Twitter at funding underscore SME. Please note that due to the sheer volume of inquiries and suggestions we may get, we may not be able to answer you all individually, but we will try to take your suggestions and incorporate them into our future discussions. Until next time, thank you very much and goodbye from our whole team.